Hello and welcome to Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we are going to study the book of Philemon. So tomorrow you can wow your friends with the fact that you studied an entire book of the Bible. Of course, it's only 25 verses long, but you can still say that. Uh, Philemon is also countercultural. Now, why would I say, well, it's, and again, we're not going to have the Grateful Dead playing in the background or anything like that, but it's countercultural because what's happening is Paul is writing his friend Philemon and saying, hey, uh, I'd like you to forgive your runaway slave Onesimus. Now, that's why it's countercultural, because at that time, first century, this was written about 60, um, there was about 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. The slave population uh, was larger than the citizens, the population of the citizens there. So that's kind of interesting. Now, uh, there were also Hebrew slaves. Think about this, Hebrews owning slaves. It's kind of strange because you'd think that since they were slaves in Egypt that they wouldn't want to do that, but they did. And even had they even owned other Hebrews as slaves. Now, they were required by law, Hebrew law, that they were to be treated, the, the slaves were to be treated as humans, right? Uh, if you're a Hebrew slave, uh, you only had to be, I guess, indentured for six years, and then, then, you're, then you're a free man. Uh, completely different with the Romans. Um, they treated the slaves as property. A runaway slave could be brought back and have a brand on their forehead indicating that they had run away or could also uh, very well be crucified. So it pretty tough time, uh, but slavery was rampant during the first century. Uh, it's kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around because we had... You know, we had this big war concerning slavery in the United States back in the 1860s. And it's kind of hard for us as Americans to understand how that was really part of the culture. And that's just common stuff. Because we read Paul talking about slaves, you know, be this way to your master, master, be this way to your slaves. uh, Almost to a point like it would be employer, employee. But this specifically has to do with a runaway slave. So uh, before we get into it, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we come before you thanking you for this opportunity to be in your word and the fact that you give us your word to be into. Uh, Lord, we pray that you open our hearts and our minds to your word tonight and keep me out of the way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, verse 1, it says... Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Apphia, Archippus, our beloved soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective with the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, 
because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Therefore, though it, I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I'd rather appeal to you, being such one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is, my heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. All righty. So here we are. Again, Paul's writing this letter to his buddy Philemon, who is a slave owner. Again, this is common. This is something that was going on at the time. And uh, again, this, this letter is truly uh, anti-cultural for the time. So it says... I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer. Okay, so he's in house arrest. This is when Paul is in house arrest for the first, well, he's in, and under arrest for the first time in Rome, which means he's in house arrest, which means he has run to the place until at night, or he's locked down in there, and that's why Timothy, his friend, right, his, his uh, apprentice, if you will, was there to help him, as others were too. Uh, and I like it. He says he's a prisoner of Christ Jesus, not a prisoner of Rome. He's a prisoner because of his sharing the gospel with others. Okay. It says to Philemon, again, this, this slave owner, friend of theirs, our beloved friend, personal friend fellow laborer, fellow laborer in Christ. And to the beloved Apphia, that figures to be his wife. Uh, interestingly enough, that it was the wife's duty in that culture at that time to take care of the slaves, make sure that they're all there, 
and accounted for and all that. So I think this is a reason why Paul is including her in the letter. And Archippus is his son, is Philemon's son. At least, least that's the way, that's way the scholars figure it. It doesn't say so anywhere specifically, but that's where smarter guys than Willie have figured out. Okay, our fellow soldier and to the church in your house. They're in Colossae, right? Remember, we, we studied earlier the book of Colossians because of, of the city of Colossae. Well, this is one of the churches there. Just kind of like we're doing here. Church is people, it's not a building. So they had the people meeting in the house that belongs to Philemon in Colossae. Okay, it says grace. Here, this is a standard Paulinian greeting where it says grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, that is what we receive through Jesus Christ. And again, peace, uh, the Hebrew... Uh, greeting of Shalom. Uh, it's funny because I think it was last week, or possibly the week before, I keep saying, mentioning this, that, boy, wouldn't that be a great greeting to say to everybody that you see? Grace and peace. Of course, they'd look at you like you have four heads or something like that. So a friend of mine says, why don't you just say Shalom? Well, Dennis, I'm going to keep trying, man. I'm going to keep trying. That's not a bad way to go. Okay, verse 4. He says, I thank my God as he does, making mention of you always in my prayers. Remember, our friend Paul is a prayer warrior. Wow, he is, every time we read one of his letters, he speaks of praying for others. You know, that's that intercessory prayer that is so, so necessary. Which reminds me that today it's a national day of prayer. And there was a period of time when I would hold a prayer breakfast for the Kiwanis Club in Riverside, California, and I made sure we did it on the National Day of Prayer. Why? Because here we are praying. Who needs it more <laughs> than our nation at this time? Things are crazy. So it was a good day to be talking about uh, Paul being a prayer warrior because it is a National Day of Prayer. If you have yet to pray for the country, do it tonight. Okay, verse 5, it says, Hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. All the saints. I guess that's just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? No. All the saints, that's all of us who believe in Jesus Christ and have surrendered to Him. We are now saints. Are we saints because we're really good people? No. At least I'm not. We are saints through the blood of Jesus and Him alone. I heard a sermon about this 50 years ago, and it really hit me. And the pastor was using different people within the congregation using their names. Now, he didn't use Willie. I don't understand why he didn't do that. But, but still, that really hit me. As, yeah, that's it. We don't have to wait to be beatified or anything like that, right? We now are all saints who believe in Jesus. So he is saying, says that all the faith and love that you have towards the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that sharing your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Sharing your faith, not just with words, but with deeds. And here's something that's really great. Every good thing 
which is in you in Christ Jesus. Okay, Michael English, contemporary Christian artist, wrote these words to a song. It hit me when I was reading this. It says, I heard someone the other day, pardon me, I heard someone say the other day that they'd seen in me true love displayed, blessed by something I had done for them. No sooner did they speak those words, I found myself somewhat disturbed, uneasy as I took their compliment, because I know the heart inside this man. I know the truth of who I am. The only thing that's good in me is Jesus. The only thing that is good in me is Jesus. I've lived long enough to know, no matter what this life may show, the only thing that's good in me is Jesus. I read this about Philemon. I think that he more than likely had this same idea. Wow. When we recognize that. Okay, verse 7 says, For we have for we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Okay, so here's Paul, not only a great prayer warrior, but a great encourager. And he's talking about what a great man in Christ Philemon is. Okay, now he goes on to say, though, therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, Yet for love's sake, I'd rather appeal to you. Okay, so now we have, Paul does have the authority to say, this is what you ought to do, right? Because here he is, he is an apostle, one who is sent out, one who is chosen by Christ to do this. And he can say, really, this is what you ought to do. But he said, for love's sake, I'd rather appeal to you. I'd rather ask you. Um, (laughs) My dad would have employees... I guess I did too. It seemed seemed that he'd run into this anyway, that would be doing something that just wasn't the way, it was certainly not the Martin method. And so he'd come up to him and say, "Um, do me a favor and do it this way. And nine times out of 10, or at least, well, more like 50% of the time, uh, guys would say, okay. Other times, of course, mechanics being a little bit on the egotistical side, and you understand it because they're able to fix things that a lot of people can't. So you get a little ego going there, a little pride. And they say, well, what's wrong with, there's nothing wrong with the way I'm doing it. To which my father would then reply, how would you like me to say it? Do me a favor and do it this way, or do it this way, you, whatever explicitive fit the point at the time. You know? Much rather, and I, that's why I see this with Paul, and says, you know what, I can command you to do this, but I'd rather you see this on your lonesome, that this is what's right to do. I'd rather not have to say, this is what you have to do. Okay, again, he goes on to say, being such a one as Paul the aged. I like that. Paul had been around the block a few times by this time. Been around. And now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, right? Where is he? In Rome imprisoned because of Jesus. Okay, verse 10. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. Paul uh, oftentimes referred to the people that he brought to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as his children. Okay, Onesimus, this is interesting. The name means profitable. How about that? The name means profitable. Okay. 
Again, he says, verse 11, who was once unprofitable to you, but is now profitable to you and to me. Okay, Barclay puts it this way. It's kind of interesting. It says, it is significant to note that Paul claims that in Christ, the useless person can be made useful. Don't you like that? I really, that's really great. Okay, that's a great point in this point, in this, this section. It says, okay, now, it is that um, Paul, uh, pardon me, Onesimus had escaped to Rome. Why would Onesimus escape to Rome? Well, because there's a lot more people there. It's kind of like escaping to New York City. When you got a lot more people, you can hide a lot easier, okay? And it's just by the grace of God that he met Paul and was introduced to Jesus and became a servant of Jesus and Paul in this point. God's providence. I love God's providence. Okay, verse 12 says, I am sending him back. Therefore you receive him that of my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me on your behalf, he might so that he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. Sending him back, okay, which was the right thing to do. Remember when I was talking earlier that, okay, that meant that Onesimus, if he didn't have find favor, as Paul is trying to get Philemon to show him, he could certainly be branded on his forehead as a runaway. He could have uh, get beaten whatever way, and ultimately he could have been crucified. But Onesimus understands that he needs to go back and settle up with Philemon. It's that simple. Okay, but Paul is saying here, hey, I really kind of would like to have him here because he's so helpful to me here in prison. Whatever, whatever that means, he is so helpful. And again, Paul's in prison because of what? The gospel. And he said, and here it was um, that he's talking, Paul is talking to Philemon about how Onesimus can serve Paul while he's in prison on behalf of Philemon. Why is he saying that? Well, we go back where he talks about, hey, hear of all your love and faith which you show toward the Lord Jesus and toward the saints sharing your faith, effective by acknowledgement of every good thing and the joy, consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you. So Philemon is one who has a servant's heart, right? He ministers to people. So Paul is saying, boy, it'd be kind of neat if Onesimus could stay here on your behalf to serve me, to minister to me. Verse 14, it says, but without your consent, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion, compulsion as it were, but voluntary. Again, do me a favor and do this, or this is the way you're going to do it. He'd rather, again, it be a good deed, not by compulsion. Verse 15, it says, For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? Okay. Remember this. 
and remember this for all of us, God is the one who is in charge. Okay, Onesimus split. Why? Didn't like being a slave. Imagine that. Okay, and he split to Rome, where there's all these people, place for him to hide. And what happens? He meets Paul. God is in charge. Again, it's his providence. And he uses that time of service to Paul to grow in the faith. Okay? And I like this saying. It's from uh, Ezekiel 36, 26. You know, his heart of stone was replaced with a heart of flesh. I just love that. And that's what we pray for, again, for our, our unbelieving friends and loved ones. Okay, go on, verse 17. It says, If then you count me as a partner, okay, if you count me as a friend, a partner in the gospel, receive him as you would me. Forgive him, okay? But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. Hmm. Isaiah 53, verse 6. You may have heard this before. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus took on all our sins on his account. How about that? Verse 19. I, Paul... I'm writing to you, I'm writing with my own hand, I will repay. Okay, here's a Luther quote that I just really found was great. Here we see how Paul lays himself out for poor Onesimus, and with all this, all his means pleads his cause with his master, and so sets himself as if he were Onesimus. Hmm and had himself done wrong to Philemon. Even as Christ did for us with God the Father, thus also Paul for Onesimus with Philemon. And here it is. We are all his Onesimai to my thinking. Wow. How about that? We are all Christ's Onesimai. Hmm. All right. And it goes on to say, I like this. Paul has to hit this. It's not to mention that you owe me even your own self besides. Okay. Philemon came to know Jesus through Paul's missionary trip to Colossae. Okay. And, and Philemon recognizes this. All right. Verse 20. Yes, brother. Let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Verse 7 said, again, for we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. So here's Paul reminding Onesimus, pardon me, reminding Philemon of these things. Verse 21, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. He is confident in this, right? Confident in this. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust through your prayers, I shall be granted to you. Uh, the Message Bible says, because of your prayers, I fully expect to be your guest again. Verse 22 says, Epaphras, 
my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. Demas, now he's a guy that back in, when we were studying Second Timothy, that Paul mentioned that, you know, uh, he abandoned Paul because of his love for the world. Demas was a guy that couldn't hang in there. He just, it was too much suffering to follow Christ, and he split. That can, we can see, we have seen this happen. Okay, it's not just Demas here. There's other people that we know who have done this. Um, they need our prayers. Again, National Day of Prayer. That, we need to hold them up in prayer. Uh, those of our friends and loved ones who have strayed or even gone as far as turning their back on the Lord. Um, man, there's nothing more important than, than them to know that. So there we are. Uh, and again, what, what uh, Paul is doing here, he's got all these people that are there with him in Rome, uh, and he's just sending back their greetings to Philemon. And it finishes up with a typical Paul ending, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Grace, that's what we receive. It's not anything that we earned. It's just by grace. So, uh, I have to do this because I didn't do it last week and the guys berated me after they turned off the, the, uh, the camera, I guess you would say. I have to say this. Do we have any questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks? Seeing none, I will be open to any that you would like to send me via Faceplant or via uh, www.hotrodbiblestudy.com. And if you need to ask me anything, I'm, I'm always open. I am always open. And before, before we close, I did have a prayer request this evening for George. Uh, who is a, a friend of, uh, of our friend um, as well, Doug Thompson, whose house we were in last week, um, that he's having an MRI because of a high PSA. And uh, George is concerned, of course, that there would be cancer. And so let's just commit George to prayer right now. Gracious Heavenly Father, you are the great physician of all. You are the one who heals everyone. Uh, Lord, we pray that you place your healing touch upon George and whatever the outcome may be of the MRI, that you see him through whatever procedures need to be done. Just be with him. Lord, just remind him that you are with him throughout this entire period. Heal him in accordance with your grace and your mercy. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And with that, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.